This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Have you seen a bunch of SEC coaches or media members running around a city? I have not. I'm not even sure where this is at. Uh, maybe it's at the convention center because I thought that it was going to be at Bridgestone Arena, but they still have mm-hmm. NHL draft posters up. So I'm assuming oh. it's not there. <laughs> Uh, so no, I haven't seen it. It must be on the other side of town. Cause otherwise I feel like I would have seen some people, but also I haven't been walking around. Um, at least yesterday it wasn't. So maybe I'll see some today. Did you like covering media? Didn't you cover SEC media days yeah. back when you were in local sports? Did you enjoy events like this? Sometimes I think they're super enjoyable. And then at other times they're almost like a cattle call because there's so many people there clearly from representatives from every single city you can name big national media outlets and then you have the local outlets as well there are a ton i mean just a ton of people there so it's interesting it's exciting at the same time it can be i'm trying to think of the right word it can be pretty intense or it's just difficult Aggressive. to navigate because there, yes there's everybody's trying to get their own interview, their own question. And then, of course, besides the whole press conferences, you're trying to get the one-on-one, you know, where it's just you and a head coach or you and a player. And there's there's always reporters being assertive, trying to make that happen. So it can be, it can be enjoyable, but also stressful at the same time. Oh, for sure. I think in that stage of my life, I was equipped for it. Because when yeah. you're just starting out, like you're ready to hustle. You're ready to put in the work. And I'll, I'll also, also say this. I was a one-man band. A Mm one-woman band, I guess I should say. So I was carrying all of the equipment. I had to hold the microphone, hold the camera at the same time. So it was very much a hustle experience for me. Uh, This actually came up on my Facebook memories yesterday. Said 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so old. But I remember an excitement to it. Because when I was there, it was like the height of the excitement for Mm -hmm. the sec and the sec has been popular for a long time probably will be for quite some time but it's when they had johnny manziel and texas a&m new to the crew i believe uh and we had aaron murray who was the quarterback for georgia and we had aj mccarron for uh the quarterback of alabama so like we had all these superstar quarterbacks that made it really uh exciting to cover it and also like they were big brands in themselves like very sure. popular figureheads for all of these schools who are very good at football as well so i think it's a good spot to kind of get to know the personalities of some of the players as opposed to hey when you interview players after the games you have to ask about the actual game so some of this stuff yes. is more lighthearted, but like you said there are so many reporters there People will mm-hmm. not hesitate to elbow you out of the way or That's jump true. all over you when you've already started asking a question. Somebody will cut you off and you're just like, did you not hear me talk? Uh, so yes. it is very aggressive. <laughs> yes, you have to pick your spots, come up with a good question. And also at the same time, you're trying to make sure someone doesn't jump all over you. Sometimes it's a competition to as to who Ugh. is going to get that question in and finish that question. Yeah. So that part I don't miss, but it, it is always fascinating theater. And last year, of course, we had that back and forth, maybe not necessarily during media days, but the back and forth between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and the whole paying players accusations, which did happen by the way, is the wild, wild west right now of, of NIL. 
Regardless, Jimbo Fisher is the subject of a lot of scrutiny, the head coach at Texas A&M. And the reason why is Texas A&M is coming off a 5-7 and seven season. This is a team last year that was expected to do big things. They lost to App State. They struggled. That offense was not great. They are 14-1 to to win the SEC tied with Tennessee at those odds. So what did Jimbo do during the offseason? And you need to understand the big criticism surrounding Jimbo, there's memes about this, is that Jimbo Fisher has called plays forever, even when he was at Florida State, now that he's at Texas A&M. And that offense can get really, really stagnant at times. I mean, it just doesn't move. So the thought process is, and a lot of people have asked, Jimbo, are you going to relinquish these play-calling duties? So what he did was he brought in Bobby Petrino, not a great guy. We remember him from that whole fiasco at Arkansas. Now, from a play-calling perspective, Bobby Petrino is widely regarded as a fantastic play caller. So this question came back around yesterday when they asked Jimbo Fisher at SEC Media Days who was going to call plays, and here's what Jimbo had to say about Petrino. What, what's the, what, what, where do the responsibilities lie between you and Bobby as far as between play calling, just running the offense? Well, I'm not going to get into all the dynamics in which we have, but Bobby takes it. He, he, he runs those rooms and does those rooms. We're all now, I'm, but I'm in offensive rooms. I'm in defensive rooms all the time as a head coach. You have to be because you got what's going on. But great respect. Like I say, Bobby's one of the best play callers, one of the best offensive minds in college football, has for a long time, and quarterback guys. So he and I have a great respect, great work ethic, and have, it's been wonderful so far. And then I'm not going to get into – from a schematic standpoint of what's going on or that part of it, but this went very well and we're very blessed to have him. Wait a second. Is he an auctioneer? That's how you know that this guy is not giving up play calling duties when he's like, well, you know, we both like college football. I like college football. He likes college football. I mean, I like offense. He likes offense. He's going to be in a room. I'm going to be in a room. He's going to be in college station. I'm going to be in college station. It's just working out real well. It's how, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you're not even answering the question, dude. I, I can assure you Jimbo Fisher is calling the plays this season. He brought in Bobby Petrino as a salve to say, look, I'm giving up some of these responses. No, he's not. No, he is not. And that tells you all you need to know when someone says, who's calling the plays? Well, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. You know, we both like football. I like football. He likes football. Uh, my name's Jimbo. His name's Bobby. We both got first names. We both got last names. <laughs> I was like, what, what, are you, what are you even talking about, Jimbo Fisher? <laughs> I love this soundbite. I swear to God, at first I was like, Double D, did you speed that up? That's amazing. What a soundbite. Every time I hear Jimbo Fisher, I forget how fast he talks. And it reminds yes. me of Porky Pig. And I don't know if you've ever seen him in person. He's also a very short individual. So he just reminds <laughs> me of Porky Pig, the way that he talks. Uh, but I thought the the funniest part of this quote was the end. You're going to say you're blessed to have him. Doesn't blessed mm. imply that there is like some, uh, you know, interference from God where God's like, here, yes. I'm going to bless you with Bobby Petrino. When you think of like the slimiest individuals in the game of football, isn't yes. Bobby Petrino one of the slimiest of them all? But listen, there's a reason he stuck around this long in football, despite his checkered pass. It's because he is really good when it comes to the offensive side of football. He's done this before where he's gone to, gone to programs under um, a lot of scrutiny and he's, tr uh, he's really turned them around. He did it with Louisville. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see if he can do something to help turn around Texas A&M because when you see a school make this type of hire, doesn't it scream desperation? 
And I feel like I can feel some desperation building for Texas A&M because, you know, Texas coming to the SEC next year. It's a team that, you know, made this huge flashy hire Mm -hmm. of Jimbo Fisher, one of very few coaches to win a national title. And they thought, okay, this is our moment in the sun. We're going to win another one. This was their championship pitch. And now it's looking like it's probably not going to happen. So I think this move kind of reeks of desperation. Well, absolutely, because here's the thing. Jimbo Fisher, when he was hired by Texas A&M, Texas A&M completely overreacted when they signed Jimbo Fisher. He signed a guaranteed deal, guaranteed, not a buyout, $95 million. They went all in on Mm -hmm. Jimbo Fisher. So here's the thing. Yeah, when you are guaranteed $95 million no matter what, unless you get fired for cause and he hasn't done anything to do that, and you go five and seven, the heat is on. So, yes, you can tell that's why Jimbo Fisher is is trying to make some sort of move. What can I do here? I still want to call the plays. You see those memes during football season, and Jimbo Fisher's on the sidelines, and he's got like 21 sheets of paper, like all like fluttering everywhere, and he's barely holding Mm -hmm. on to these things it's crazy his play calling is crazy and they were bad last year now you mentioned texas that's another point of contention because texas a&m one of the reasons why they wanted to go to the sec was to separate themselves from texas and of course now texas and oklahoma moving to the sec next season jimbo was asked about that as well I think it's great. I mean, it's one of the natural rivalries. It's one of the oldest rivalries. It's a great rivalry. It has been for years. And I think it's great for, the, of course, the SEC. But I think it's great for college football in general. And it's great for A&M in Texas and the state of Texas. For, you know, your two significant universities to be right there going against each other each and every, you know, hopefully every year. But however that schedule works out. But to get to play them again, I think it's great for everybody. Coach, I need you to take a breath. For the love of God, take a breath. And, all, and what's so amazing about all of this is – because, of course, I follow Texas. I follow Texas A&M. I follow the Texas schools because I'm a Longhorn. And next year, A&M is so angry that Texas is coming to the SEC. And now they're even angrier because next year, for the first time ever, guess where SEC media days will be held? In Dallas, Texas. Dallas. So, Ag- yes. So, Aggies are like, are you kidding me? We're going to Nashville. We're going to Birmingham or wherever they're holding SEC media days each and every year. And then Texas and Oklahoma join. And then finally, they bring SEC media days to Dallas. This is part of the conspiracy against the Aggies. They might have a good season, but there is a lot of pressure, as you can tell. On Jimbo Fisher and in College Station, which is why he is speaking so fast that I need to re-listen to those sound bites a couple more times. Well, listen, at the risk of sounding like too averse to Texas A&M on the show, because we get it, you went to Texas. I don't have anything against Texas A&M. I think the desperation probably stems from also the fact that they have to play in the SEC West, and it's not getting easier. So I think it's not really a problem that is – uh, you know, exclusive to Texas A&M. I just think that all the teams in the West, when you have to compete with LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi mm-hmm. State, and Auburn, like, there's no Vanderbilt in there. Like, how are you supposed to get wins? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. The SEC, and not just for Texas A&M, for the Longhorns, for the Sooners, it is just going to be a meat grinder week in and week out. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome to watch, but, man, it's going to take its toll on each and every one of those schools. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.